Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now, your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to Dudes on Hockey Podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Dude! Dude! How's your uh, how's your self isolation going? It's going pretty good. I'm pretty isolated. Yeah. Except for I was just looking, just looking at the Disneyland app, uh, the wait times are pretty low. Right I now. bet you the wait know. times are pretty pretty reasonable at this point. Uh, I think really um, throughout this whole week, the only thing that made um, my child cry was knowing that Disneyland is closed. It is. A, it's a sad day. It is. Every day the Disneyland is closed is a sad day, and every day. That hockey should be played and isn't being played is a sad day, dude. And this is where we are. We're doing a hockey podcast with no hockey being played, and it's just a, it's a weird situation. But we're, like we said last week in the previous episode, we're still gonna be entertaining questions. We're still gonna be thinking about hockey. We got an email today that we're gonna answer. We got a really good comment on last week's episode that I think we might save to a future episode. Yeah. And 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 life goes on. Here we are, dude. Dude, I mean, uh, I just, I don't mean to, I mean, I don't know, maybe this is uh, poor form, but I, I'm I'm glad I don't have to watch the Sharks anymore this year. <laughs> oh. I mean, I, 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 oh. I, don't, oh. I don't want it to be because of this, but, you know, I mean, I I, I miss hockey, but I, I feel a little bit less tortured uh, by uh, the whole season, and now we can kind of at least just go, well, that happened. And uh, and try and pick apart where we go from here, dude. Let the record state that if choosing between a plague and watching the sharks, Doug chooses plague. No, <laughs> <laughs> that is not what I said. No, <laughs> that's kind of what you said, but no. That's not what I said. I said I'm glad I don't have to watch them anymore. Right. So you're saying it's a it's a fringe benefit. It's, no, it's a fringe dude, benefit. I, if 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 I could listen, the most traumatic thing that happened to me this year was doing that drive through safari in Mississippi, where the where the ostrich put its entire body inside of my car. Yeah. And I told my family tonight that I would do that safari, which which was pure hell. For six hours straight, if that meant the pandemic would go away. Well, and I think that's a big deal. Dude. That's big of you, dude. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for taking one for the team and going to the Mississippi Safari again, or being willing to do that. <laughs> oh my god! Well, dude, we got we got to find things to talk about, and I'm I'm happy to say that the listeners are providing content. So that's yes, and, and, and we'll say this right off the bat, you know. The more emails and questions you send, the more we're going to record, because it certainly isn't that we don't have the time. <laughs> so that's right. Uh, we can keep we can keep content coming. We can keep episodes coming. If you want to hear from us, we want to hear from you. So uh, send us uh, questions at questions at dudesonhockey.com. You can tweet at us. Uh, you can put comments on uh, the website. Um, we would love to hear from you, and. The more we do, the more questions we get, the more episodes we'll have, and the more, um, you know, I can see Michael's smiling face from the internet. Because I'll tell you what, dude, I, I I look at the news in the morning and I'm done. 
then I'm done, dude. I don't look at it anymore because I, I listen to any other podcast, anything else. I'm just, I, I don't see the point in drowning yourself in this. I'm with you, dude. I, I find that my mood is pretty well correlated to the amount of news that I consume throughout the day. And so I'm, I'm looking for escape. I know there's a lot of Netflix traffic going on right now. A lot of people are playing video games, a lot of people doing stuff online and, you know, dudes on hockey can be part of that for people. We're like, like Absolutely. we like we said last week, we're not going to be talking about what's going on with this situation. We're going to be talking about things that are interesting to think about and talk about in terms of hockey. And and we're going to start with Rob, who's from England. And he says, dudes, I've been kind of following hockey for a few years, but since January, I have been closely following it. First of all, I got to say, Rob, bad timing, dude. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I say, you know, Rob, it's cool because Mike and I have been kind of following hockey too for our whole lives. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I say I've been I've been closely following it, and then since January, I've been kind of following it. <laughs> I'm the opposite of Rob. Um, see, dude. See. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so Rob has two questions. He says, "On the ice, what has gone wrong this season?" From a newbie point of view, we are out shooting teams every game, but it feels like the biggest issue is turning shots into goals. Second, who are the players for me to keep an eye on for the rest of this season and next season? Well, certainly I think we're going to be talking about next season. He says, keep up the good work. Your pod has been great to help me understand the team more than just players when they're on the ice. Rob from England. Rob, thank you for tuning in. Rob, what I want to know is why the Sharks? You know, uh, of all the teams in the NHL, when you you could have gone straight up Winnipeg Jets, like why the Sharks? That's right. right. Maybe he just wanted um, to go with the team that is geographically the most distant from where he is in England, because it might actually be San Jose. It might actually be a little bit further to San Jose than, say, Anaheim or L.A., because Anaheim and L.A. are technically west of here. I mean, uh, east, east of us in San Jose. Oh. I, don't, I don't know. I, I'm not a geographer, but uh, I'm going to do that research. I just thought of that what about now. The, uh, what about the Honolulu Volcanoes? That is the team that I created on NHL 19. That team's pretty far west. Pretty good. Who's your star player, dude? Uh, my star player is Brent Burns. Nice. Picked him up in the expansion draft, which maybe is foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> the expansion draft. So, dude, on the ice, what has gone wrong this season? It's a big question. It's been talked about a lot, but I mean, if we had to distill it into one thing or maybe just a couple of things, what is the issue with the Sharks this season on the ice? And why is it different than last year? Well, I'll take one dude and then I'll let you uh, go for another one. Um, I'm not going to take the obvious. Um, I don't know. I, I think we can both agree that goaltending is a pretty substantial problem. And we can get into that. I think lack of roster depth is mm-hmm. a massive issue with this team. Um, and, you know, I, but before we were all sent home, I, I was talking to a coworker and I, I did a whiteboard exercise and I wrote down all the players that we could have had. And then I wrote Eric Carlson's name on the other side. You know what I mean? And that's basically, you know, I think we've talked about it on the podcast that, and, and, you know, we probably couldn't have kept everybody, but when you look at Tierney, DeMello, Justin Braun, Jonas Donskoy, um, Joe Pavelski, and, you know, multiple young players who are no longer part of this team. And then Eric Carlson, you sacrificed, 
you know, you're talking about five NHL players, real NHL players for one. And uh, while granted the one is uh, an all-star um, in a former life <laughs> that, you know, it's you're making a massive trade-off when you're giving up all of that roster depth and you're giving up five NHL players for one and you're counting on younger players from inside your own organization, which is what the Sharks essentially did to cover those spots and they were unable to do it. Yeah. And that was and is a huge problem with this team. You know, I was doing some research because, you know, I like to go the stats route and, and Rob made a comment at the end of the question. He says, it feels like the biggest issue is turning shots into goals, which is interesting. I mean, if you look at some of the more advanced stats and, and some of those advanced stats are things like Corsi, which measures not just goals being scored, but also shots being taken and not just shots being taken, but shots being attempted. And the Sharks are not awful in Corsi percentage. They're not the best in the league and they're not the worst. Um, you know, right now the Sharks are, let's see uh, if we go the other direction. Let's They're 14th in the league. They're middle of the pack. And yet the Sharks are near the bottom of the pack when it comes to scoring and certainly in the standings. And so how do we rectify or how do we justify this over 50% Corsi percentage, 50.55 to be exact, with the fact that the Sharks are not winning a lot of games. And, and one, one stat that I started looking at, which is something that a website called Natural Stat Trick uh, tallies, and you hear Kevin Kurz talk about it in his article sometimes, is he talks about high danger scoring chances. And so they have a formula, which is basically they identify certain kinds of shots that they consider a scoring chance. For instance, just a shot from the point is not considered a, a scoring chance. A, sh a shot from the point is certainly not considered a high danger scoring chance. And so now that they identify where these shots are coming from, you can try and measure which shots are dangerous and which shots are not. And certainly shots that are taken right around the net are considered dangerous. And also they consider shots that are quickly taken after other shots to be dangerous, i.e., rebound chances and tip chances and things like that. So natural stat trick keeps track of, of these things. And they also keep track of, you know, basically attempted high danger chances. And if we look at the sharks, when it comes to this kind of stuff, their high danger Corsi percentage is also middle of the pack. It's right around 50%, 50.39. They're 15th in the league, almost exactly in the middle. But if we look at the goals from high danger scoring chances, the sharks are third worst in the league. The Sharks have given up 90 high danger goals and have only scored 66, one of the worst marks in the entire league. So one thing that I would point to is the fact the Sharks are not finishing. They are getting uh, a pretty decent number of, uh, uh, of high danger chances. They got 640 high danger chances and they only scored on 66 of them. That's a really, really bad percentage for the Sharks. And it just seems like they don't have finishing power is one way I would sort of I would sort of explain it, dude. That's one way I'm sort of thinking about it. If we look at this lineup, and if we want to look at it sort of a, a a bit of a more sort of rudimentary stat, we look at shooting percentage, which, you know, is not always a great statistic. But nobody has a really high shooting percentage. The best on the team right now 
if we don't count some of these guys that have only played a couple of games. Tomas Hurdle, 13.7%. Now that's that's roughly league average, a little bit better than league average. Usually for forwards, league average is sort of in the 10 to 12 range. And if we look at a guy like Kevin LeBanc, Kevin LeBanc, who is, I admit, is a little bit of my whipping boy, his shooting percentage is only 8%, which is really pretty bad. He's got 176, 176 shots, which is good enough for third on the team, fourth on the team, but he's only scoring 8% of those shots. We got, we got forwards that don't finish. We got forwards that take some shots, but they don't score. And I think there is a nugget of truth here to what Rob said, which is we got some guys who can shoot, but we don't got a lot of guys who can finish. It seems like Evander Kane and Tomas Hurdle are really those only, guy, only those guys. Evander Kane took 216 shots. Of course, Brent Burns took 225 shots, the most on the team. But when you're blasting away from the point, he's only scoring 5% of the time. Whereas Evander Kane is scoring 12% of the time, more than double the rate. So I think one of the one of the issues this team really has from a fundamental standpoint is they don't have guys that are built to put the puck in the net other than two guys, Evander Kane and Tomas Hurdle, who was hurt at the end of the year. They just don't have a lot of scoring power. Yeah. Um, when you consider, uh, when you look at the roster and you think, see the amount of skilled guys that are on this team, it's hard to reconcile that statement I, I you're absolutely right but you know the sharks have have all-star level players up and down this roster you know and for them to be unable to deliver this year was um so confusing and very frustrating I'm sure for them and for us as fans and so you know the second thing that i would say is that this team lacks character like this team lacks character this team lacks the ability to uh, pick themselves up off the mat and put themselves in the in the tough places. I mean, they lost the guy who's the king of that, right? I mean, Joe Pavelski is the king of that, and he's leading by example, getting hammered in front of the net and scoring on those second chance goals, right? Or tipping or being in in those you know those dirty goals, you know. And you're not seeing guys being willing to do that. And I think the lack of character. The, the fact that this is the second most penalized team in the NHL, like yeah. that's disturbing, you know? And yeah, you've got the best penalty kill, but you can't just keep letting teams wear you down by forcing you to exude all your energy, killing penalties. Um, and then you just don't have the ability to counterpunch because you're the second highest penalized team in the NHL. Um, it doesn't make any sense really, because it's not like this is, you know, we're not talking about the Boston Bruins or the St. Louis Blues or some sort of bruising hockey team. They're taking dumb, stupid penalties, like things that just are lazy at times um, or bewildering in terms of what they're doing. And some of it has to do with just people having terrible years. And some of it has to do with a lot of young players not being ready to be in the NHL. And that lack of character, that lack of... um ability to be in the, in the tough areas and to control yourself, you know, is been a big problem with this team this year. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, and not to, not to belabor the goaltending point, but, but the Sharks have given up quite a few high danger scoring chances. And the fact that they don't have a good goaltending tandem makes that, makes that really tough. <laughs> it makes it, I, I, I wonder if it changes. I can't imagine it doesn't change your mindset. 
if you're wondering if every shot's going to go in your own net, you have to play a little bit differently, right? I mean, sure, but but they're not doing that, and I think that that's the problem. Like you look at what when the Carolina Hurricanes had their the you know beer league Zamboni driver come into the game, they were defiant in that they were not going to allow this guy to lose the game, and they were going to do everything they could to stop every single puck from going into the net. And if the Sharks think their goalies stink, they should be playing like that. And that is not how they played. Like they they played almost with a cavalier attitude at times that they didn't need to block shots. They didn't they could be out of position constantly. Yeah. Um, you know, you're saying that, you know, the Sharks gave up more high danger goals and, and were terrible at getting them. I mean, like that's on them too. They gave up so how many second chance goals did we see? You know, this year where, you know, you see a Sharks defender not, you know, um, securing the crease and allowing their player to come in at the last second. Like that seemed to happen a lot. Yeah. A lot more than I can remember. Some of it has to do with, you know, lack of roster depth. And the other has to do with players playing uh, way under their potential. Um, And I don't know why that is. But, but those that it goes back to lack of character, like lack of being willing to put yourself out there. And yeah, if you think Martin Jones stinks, which he did for 95% of this year, then you need to do everything you can to protect your team and your net. And they were not doing that. Yeah, that's true. Dude, going to the second question, are there players for Rob to keep an eye on? For next season, dude, is there anybody that we've seen and we've seen a fairly decent uh, parade of young players, players that a lot of even even significant serious hockey fans like ourselves have not heard of before? Are there any of these names that that pop out at you, dude, that that uh, we should be looking for when we go into next season? I think the sample size is just way too small on the forwards right now for me to get super excited about anybody. I mean, I think some of them showed some flashes in, you know, Noah Gregor and True and, you know, they all sort of had moments when they also seemed to have moments where you didn't notice them at all. I think the player that has emerged as being a, a legitimate part of the core of the future of this team is Mario Ferraro, and I don't think that can be disputed. Right. You know, that's the player to watch. That's the guy who could go from being a third pairing to a second pairing guy next year. Um, I like his game. Uh, I liked, you know, near the end of the year where, you know, he seemed to be being a little bit more aggressive on the offensive part of his game. Um, I think this is a a player that, you know, is definitely a hit for the Sharks uh, scouting and drafting department, which there have been very few of those lately. Um, So I'm excited about Mario Ferraro. I think that he is going to help his continued development. He will just continue to get better and better. What's his ceiling? I'm not sure, but he's definitely an NHL player. Right. What about you, dude? Certainly the the one guy that I like, it, and his role is limited, but it's a role the Sharks really needed to fill, is, is Stefan Nason. I thought Stefan Nason did a really nice job coming in. The Sharks picked him up off of waivers from Pittsburgh, and he filled a, a really necessary hole the Sharks had in the bottom six of the lineup. And he did fine. He did just fine. This is one of those guys that sometimes it's hard to find these guys off the pile. The Sharks have done that 
with very limited success in the past. And it seems like they got a keeper. I would really like to see them see them hold on to Stefan Nason, who's still only 26 years old. He's got, it seems like he's really carved out a nice role for himself. In terms of the young guys, I'm with you. Um, you know, there's no one exactly, I think, that, that set the world on fire for the Sharks. A lot of these guys were coming in and out. I think Joachim Blitchfeld is a guy to watch. Um, I think he definitely has the kind of skill, certainly the hand skill and the shooting skill to go with what I was saying earlier. A guy with those kinds of skills I'd like to see in the lineup because it looks like he can finish. Um, he only played three games for the Sharks. I think he was near the top of the leaderboard in terms of the Barracuda. Um, so that's a guy that I'd, I'd like to see, um, you know, maybe make his game a little bit more mature so the coaches feel comfortable putting him in the lineup because this is not one of those guys. He doesn't have one of those games one of the, that you would want to put him on the fourth line. Like that's not really, he's not going to grind it out. Um, of course, everybody needs a little bit of that in their game, but I don't think, you know, he's one of those guys we've talked about players for the Sharks in the past where you didn't want to put him on the fourth line because it just doesn't make any sense. And and that's where that's where uh, Blitchfeld is. So He's the one guy I think that I I have some cautious optimism, but to be honest, the Sharks don't really have a great farm system. Their their minor league team also performed really poorly, so it's hard to be super optimistic about some of these guys. But I, I'd say uh, Blitchfeld maybe is the guy I'd, I'd like to see. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're keeping an eye on two guys, I mean, there's two pretty well. There's a lot of question marks going into next year, but I mean, the you know we've talked about him once already. You know, the franchise is going to have to make a decision on Kevin LeBanc. You know, is Kevin LeBanc the 56-point forward from, you know, a year ago? Or is he the guy who was projected to have 39 points with a horrific shooting percentage and a horrific plus-minus, but his course he was strong? He's bewildering to me. Yeah. I, I, and, and, I've, and I've defended Kevin LeBanc many times. And, you know, and I, and I appreciate him giving the Sharks a sort of a bargain basement you know, deal this year, but unfortunately he performed to that contract. Like yeah. he performed at a bargain basement level. Like he was inconsistent, unable to finish for a guy who I think he thought he might have 60, 65 points this year, sort of filling in the blanks for where Don Skoy and Pavelski was. He went the other way in a massive way. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to understand. It is, and it, I can't, I can't pinpoint what it is about his game specifically that put him in that predicament. I just, I you know, I'm not as much of an I'm not an X's and O's guys like that. We'd have to talk to an ex player or an ex coach in order to really try and identify what is it specifically about his game that just didn't work. And maybe we will find a guy because you know, if we're sitting at home, they're sitting at home. Maybe we can find a guy that that can tell us about Kevin LeBanc and. You know, maybe we can find, heck, even one of the radio guys or an ex-player or something that we can talk to here and and figure out. Okay, what 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 can we find out about some of these players? But um, yeah, he's certainly he's a certainly one of the symptoms of the the offensive malaise that this team had, just not able to score enough goals. And with the goaltending as it was, they couldn't keep enough out either. So yeah, it's a it's an interesting time. You know, I know we had a question about Doug Wilson that I think we're gonna leave till a, a future week, dude. But uh, is there anything else on your mind regarding this Sharks team? I mean, I think uh, certainly the LeBanc well, situation is one of the biggest question marks in this off season. Yeah, there. I even if there was sort of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge deal, 
are they gonna live up to it? You know, I mean, because it, it's it's a, it's a tough spot to be in, which is you know goes into the second part of the question: is that you know should Doug Wilson still get to be the one making those calls? Because you know, I I listened to a football podcast where they were talking about how the Los Angeles Rams sort of fell in love with their own players and gave a bunch of their guys a bunch of huge contracts and now they're releasing them and gutting their own roster and they've gone from a Super Bowl team to you know not a good team in in, in two years yeah and is is Doug Wilson fallen guilty of this same thing that he's fallen in love with his own players that he has you know fallen in love with some of these the idea of acquiring some of these stars and instead of having team depth, he gutted that, and maybe he's not going to be able to step back and make those decisions. I don't know. Yeah, you know. But then on the other side of it, you know, Doug Wilson is historically successful general general manager in in the NHL. Like, I mean, it's hard to point at someone who's had this much long term success, right? It's true. Um, and he's done a ton for this franchise, so. These because this is a topic for another episode. And dude, you know, listeners, if you want more, yep. email us and we'll be back sooner. Uh, like we said, we got the time. We got the time, dude. So uh, yeah, so to um, to wrap up, I think uh, these are some questions. We're definitely going to be tackling the Doug Wilson question in depth. I know this is a a big question on a lot of minds. In term, not so much in terms of whether. He will be back because I think we've already heard that the owner has put his confidence uh, pretty explicitly in Doug Wilson. I I don't think uh, there's any doubt that he will be back. Uh, Certainly the coaching situation is another topic that we will need to address, you know, in a future episode and what might happen with that. But uh, I, you know, I can't say I have my mind made up about Doug Wilson. We've certainly been backers of his in the past, sometimes vehemently, sometimes less so. Um, but I, I think I'm going to need to really sort of think about whether I'm happy with him still holding the reins for this franchise going forward. Because as we all witnessed, it was a very disappointing season and their position to change it up in the future is severely limited. Their first round pick is already gone to Ottawa and and they have a, a difficult salary cap situation and all that. So if you have input on that, I want to hear both sides. I mean, I, I think... You know, the fan base, at least in my mind, tend to want to shake it up and say, ah, this guy's a bum and get rid of him. But I know there's there's good arguments to be on both sides. And so I'd, I'd like to hear those arguments. So f- feel free to reach out to us either, th- you know, through one of the uh, methods we mentioned before and, and we can tackle this this topic in depth in a future episode. Sounds good, dude. Well, I'm going to go... Uh... Try and find some toilet paper. Oh, sounds good, dude. And and let me know how your Honolulu volcanoes are doing. And we could have the this is it'll be even more annoying and boring than a fantasy hockey update, which would be a virtual hockey update. That's and, right. NHL well, nineteen. I'll have you know that uh I signed Matthew Shane as a free agent. Wow. So wow. I know. I know. I had to overpay, but you know, he went expansion. It was pretty <laughs> <laughs> Pretty excited. I also uh, I also signed Joe Thornton. Well, good. But Zidane Char did not accept my offer. Oh, pretty sad. Pretty uh, 
pretty upset about that. But that's okay. <laughs> I really just, I, I just wanted to have him on the team. Well, dude, thank you for making the time to talk to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're welcome, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, obviously, we'll find some time to do it again pretty soon here because hell, what else are we gonna be doing? <laughs> All right, dude, go sharks. Go sharks. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.